Trump live from the White House, explaining why your one vote for GOP candidates tomorrow could make all the difference in his America First agenda. Please stay on the line to hear from President Trump directly. The call will begin shortly. Thank you.
princess Trump from keeping his promises to you and the American people. 
The president has been remarkably successful despite the Democrats' absolute opposition to his policies. In fact, every major policy enacted by President Trump has been without any help whatsoever from the Democrats. These same Democrats are now fighting hard to win the majorities in the House and Senate on Election Day tomorrow. That's why President Trump needs your vote in this election as much or even more so than he did in 2016. We can't go back to the failed policies of the past, and we need you to choose the right future for America by getting out to vote tomorrow. For those of you just joining this telephone town hall meeting, One Vote to Victory, welcome. We'll be joined by President Trump live from the White House shortly. In this election, President Trump may not be on the ballot, but his agenda surely is. Some elections in the House and Senate and even the presidency have been decided by only a handful of votes before. In the midterm elections tomorrow, you may play a very pivotal, decisive role in the outcome and the future of our country. Your vote might actually enable the Republicans to maintain their majorities in Congress and the president to deliver more tax cuts for the middle class, more deregulation for small businesses, better care for our veterans, economic relief for hardworking families, and so much more. President Trump himself will join this telephone town hall meeting live from the White House shortly to speak to you directly about the importance of your vote. Before then, we have some amazing Republican Party leaders here to speak with you first. A great partner for the president in the House of Representatives who played a critical role in passing his historic tax cuts is House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Leader McCarthy, welcome to our Teletown Hall meeting. Doing this, and thank you for all your help. You're in Florida, and I'm in California. We're going coast to coast. I'm, are I'm House Majority. Yes, I'm House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy, and I just want to tell everybody on this call how important their vote will be tomorrow. Just remember how important it was that we proved the pundits wrong two years ago, and what a difference this president has made. He needs that army in Congress and in Senate to keep this agenda moving forward. Now think about and imagine how far we've come. America is now the most competitive country in the world. We have not had this ranking in more than a decade. America is making a comeback. Cut taxes, cut regulations. The economy is booming. Have you watched exactly where unemployment is? You know, in the last 49 years in America, unemployment has only been below 4%. 11 months of those 49 years. And more than half of those 11 months, six of them, we just lived through. This is the best economy we had, not just for you, but all Americans. If you just have a high school degree, African-American, Hispanic, woman, veteran, this president has risen this economy to unbelievable levels. It is the lowest unemployment since 1969. That's the year we landed on the moon. But you know what? Nancy Pelosi... And not one Democrat voted for that tax bill. They not only didn't vote for it, they took all their power to stop it. Remember? They said it would be Armageddon. Then when people were able to keep more of what they earned, Nancy Pelosi said those were crumbs. They shouldn't have them. If we are not successful, if we don't beat history just as we did in 2016, Nancy Pelosi will be speaker. But it's not just Nancy Pelosi. Maxine Waters. Adam Schiff, they will chair extremely powerful committees. And you know what they want to do. 
We've got to change the course and keep this growth going so the next century is America's. You know, I know what the pundits are saying. It's the exact same thing they said two years ago when President Trump was running. They gave Hillary Clinton a 71% chance she'd win the presidency. And remember, we proved that all wrong, that America won that night. Now, for starters, what does it mean when we get keep the majority? Well, we will continue building the wall. I've introduced a bill that's, that's called Build the Wall, Enforce the Law, H.R. 759. It provides the remaining money to build the wall that keeps us safe from the drugs and terrorism and gangs. It means no more sanctuary cities, no more illegal voting, and, of course, no more radical calls to abolish ICE. Remember what Nancy Pelosi and her liberal allies are saying. The other day, she was just bragging about her San Francisco values. You know what San Francisco just did? They're allowing illegals to vote in the school board races tomorrow. She will bring those values forward. And then let's not forget the dysfunction and the chaos. We all watched with horror what happened in those Kavanaugh hearings, of how they used people for their own political gain, how we found that they took lies to try to destroy people. And remember what Maxine Waters says. She says if you see people eating at restaurants, the mobs, you should attack them. That's not what we want in this country. This country is better than that. Look, even though Hollywood, Hollywood looks down on us, we proudly brush off these attacks. We support the president's agendas, making us great again, and yes, we proudly stand for the national anthem. Now, remember what the Democrats, they took the majority, what else they'd want to do. They want government-controlled health care. For everybody who's on Medicare, they will break the system. Fifty-five percent of this country gets their health care from their employers. That would be illegal going forward. This is very important. It's no longer as though the election's Republican versus Democrat. It's America versus socialism. Remember what the Democrats have proposed. Their caucus supports this government-run health care. It would cost us $32 trillion. You could take all the taxes and double them, and it still would not pay for it. So remember this in closing. From Florida to California, every race matters. Every vote counts. We have built a stronger America. We have transformed the VA. We have stopped human trafficking online. We have joined with this president and passed the most comprehensive bill to combat opioids that is breaking the culture of this country. This is going to come down to just a few votes. And I thank you for your work and the bold leadership that we've accomplished in two short years. Thanks to the relentless work of President Trump and the Republicans in Congress. Taxes are going down and the wall is going up. Now, let's continue that progress. Let's not let liberals take us back. Vote for a Republican Congress tomorrow. And now I want to turn it back to Laura Trump and thank her for all the help and work that she's been doing to make sure America is great and continues to be great again. Thank you so much, Leader McCarthy. For those who've just joined us, welcome to our telephone town hall meeting. President Trump will join us live from the White House shortly. As you know, President Trump fulfilled his promise to nominate constitutional conservatives to the Supreme Court. Their confirmation, the confirmation of a record number of federal judges, and the historic tax cuts have all passed under the leadership of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Leader McConnell, welcome to the Teletown Hall meeting. Hey, Laura. Glad to be with you. I'm in Kentucky. And uh, Kevin, I think, covered well what continuing our majorities in the House and Senate will mean for America. Uh, this is the most productive two years right of center in the time I've been in the Senate. 
A good economy cannot be taken for granted, and thanks to President Trump and Republicans in the House and Senate, we've put into place policies that are creating jobs and raising wages. We really can't allow our progress to be stopped with this radical left-wing agenda that jeopardizes the gains we've made. Democrats demonstrated what they would do with power. Uh, they conducted themselves in the confirmation of Justice Kavanaugh. That, I think, underscores the importance of holding the Senate. If we were to lose the Senate, the president's uh, plan to reconfigure the federal judiciary would come to a screeching halt if there were a majority leader, Chuck Schumer. If the Democrats regained the majority in the Senate, they would end our project to reshape the federal courts. So that's what's at stake tomorrow. Uh, there's nothing more important than continuing our progress for America. I'm proud to stand beside President Trump. I ask you to vote Republican tomorrow to help build on the success of the past two years. There's a lot more to be done. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you so much, Leader McConnell. We appreciate that. For those who have just joined us, welcome to this telephone town hall meeting. President Trump will join us live from the White House very shortly. Our next featured guest is the woman who led the Republican Party to record fundraising and a ground game like America has never seen before, RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel. Ronna, welcome to uh, the Teletown Hall. Well, thanks for having me. It's so great to be here, Laura, and thanks for all that you do and the campaign does and, of course, President Trump. Now, Ronna, I hear that the GOP has broken records for early voting turnout. Tell me about that. Yeah, we've seen significantly high turnout in all of our battleground states. Uh, the RNC has been on the ground for two years. We've made over 72 million voter contacts in 2018 uh, in this election cycle. That is significantly more than we did in 2016, and it's making a difference. And so what I say to people right now is we're doing well on the early voting, and now we have to close strong on Election Day, and you have to get out and vote, get your family to vote, talk to your friends. It is the type of election where 200 votes could make a difference. So call everybody you know and talk about the results of this administration and what's at stake if we lose. So the Democrats say that they have a lot to offer America. What do you think they are offering the American people, Rana, in this midterm election? Well, thanks for teeing that up. That's a great question. I mean, the Democrats have done nothing in the past two years. It's been the longest temper tantrum in history. We've never seen a president deal with the level of obstruction, not just from the Democrats, but 90% of the media coverage has been negative. And, and still, he's accomplished, along with Senate, uh, the Senate and the House, amazing results for the American people. And that's what it's about. That's why he ran, because he thought, we can do better. And so now we saw 3% wage growth for the first time in a decade. We've had over 4 million jobs. He's he's made, uh, created, on average, this year alone, 218,000 jobs a month. That's almost 90,000 more than Obama did a month. I mean, it's just so significant. This is an election about families and everyone in this country doing better, having more money to spend on their kids, having more money to go to college, or all the things that we care about deeply. And that's what this president's delivered with the most obstruction. And it'll get worse if we lose these majorities. So we've got to keep that going. Democrats are running on raising taxes, obstruct and resist. We're running on results. Yeah, and let's not forget socialism. Uh, that That's something else that they're running on. Very scary, and everybody needs to pay attention. 
So, Rana, from rallies to fundraising to TV ads and more, President Trump has really been all in for Republicans in these midterms, wants to help out the GOP. How significant do you think that's going to be for the turnout at the polls? How has the president helped out? The president has been our biggest boost on the campaign trail. We are so lucky to have him do these rallies and the exhaustive schedule that he's keeping. But it is making a difference. I was just looking at the data and these rallies that he's doing, and we absolutely see an increase in voter engagement and voter turnout in these rallies. Um, and now we have to finish for him. This is our time to step up and help this president, and he needs us right now to call our family, call our friends. I actually called an old college roommate when I had a rally that I was going to in North Carolina, and she got her family out to vote in a very critical uh, congressional race. I mean, this is that type of election. Use your social media platforms. Every vote will count. Democrats are turning out. They absolutely are. So we have to match that, and we're fighting for the future of our country and all the good results that the American people are seeing, and they're fighting to turn back the clock, and we just can't let that happen. You know, Rana, I always tell people that if you voted for President Donald Trump in 2016, and by the way, a lot of those people were first-time voters, maybe people mm -hmm. on this call, they were Democrats who switched to Republican to vote for Donald Trump. If you voted for the president in 2016, the single most important thing that you can do tomorrow on November 6th is get out and vote for Republicans because the president cannot do it alone. He would like to think he can, but he can't do it alone. Um, you know, the voters on this Pelotown Hall are exactly who we need to get the GOP over the top. Isn't that right? The vote.gop. Sign up, get your family engaged, and don't assume that people are just going to vote because this is such an important election. You'd be amazed at how many people get busy and forget to vote. So make the calls, do the work. I was Michigan chair in 2016. Every rally I went to, I challenged people to call five people. We won Michigan by 10,000 votes. That's the difference that the people on this call can make today. Great. Well, Rana, thanks for everything you're doing. We have one more day to go. Uh, and we are looking forward to a big victory, hopefully thanks to all the great people on this call. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all your great work, Laura. Let's go win tomorrow. You got that right. And thank you to everyone on the call. Thanks for your patience this morning. President Trump is going to join us live from the White House very soon. But my next guest I'm very excited to introduce. He is arguably my personal favorite of the Trump family. I'm pleased to introduce my husband, the son of President Trump, Eric Trump. Eric, thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, honey, I miss you. <laughs> I know. I'm in Florida. You're in New York, but we're both working hard, and we've both been all over the country. We haven't spent any quality time together, but it's because these midterms are so significant. How significant are they for the president's agenda and moving it forward? Well, listen, it's everything. Um, you know, it's everything. Obviously, you know, you and I are both civilians. We're, 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 you know, members of the Trump family that have nothing to do with politics. But, you know, we care desperately about this country, and our country is winning. We're winning at everything we do right now. Um, our economy um, is the fastest-growing economy that we've ever had in this country. We have 4.2% GDP growth. We have 3.7% unemployment. We have the lowest African-American unemployment, uh, lowest female unemployment, lowest Hispanic unemployment, uh, lowest youth unemployment, lowest Chinese-American unemployment. I mean, I can go on and on. The unemployment rate is is, is unbelievable. Again, 3.7%. 
you have 7.2 million open jobs in this country right now. There's more open jobs, meaning available jobs in our economy right now, than there are workers to fill those jobs. Um, again, something that's that's just you know historic. Um, I believe it was uh, Mitch McConnell just a minute ago that was saying it was a, you know the, the, the best the best economy we've had since 1969. We've only had um, 11 months, six of them being under the Trump administration since 1969, where you've had under four percent. Uh, unemployment, and so it's um, you know really astronomical numbers. Um, we've put my father's put through the largest tax cuts in the history of this nation. Um, the average family saves about twenty four hundred dollars a year. Small business tax went from you know thirty nine percent down to twenty one percent. It's why companies are you know reinvesting in their employees, reinvesting in their you know their their plants, their equipment, um, reinvesting in their businesses. Um, it's why wages are, are rising. We have 3.1% wage growth this year. It's the first time wages have gone up in 16 years in our in our nation. Uh, manufacturing is coming back to this country. 401ks are literally through the roof. I mean, through the roof. Consumer confidence is the best it's ever been. Um, our markets are, you know, our stock markets. I mean, it, it's record after record after record. And then you compare that with China. And so many other countries. I mean, China's down 25% right now. Their currency is down 13%. I mean, America's winning. We're respected um, around the world again. Um, you know, we're the number one rated economy in the world for a developed country right now, as, as rated by the people over in Davos. And, and so, you know, I mean, our economy is on fire. We are, we are winning by every quantifiable metric. And, you know, beyond that, you know, what he's done to protect law enforcement. I mean, the Democrats have been attacking law enforcement like you wouldn't believe. Uh, they want to abolish, quote-unquote, abolish ICE. Uh, they're constantly attacking Border Patrol. Um, they're doing everything they can to make their lives, you know, tough and hard. Um, you know, the Democrats completely depleted our military. You know, we have the largest military spending in the history of the country. We had fighter jets, um, Laura. I mean, we had fighter jets that couldn't take off because they didn't have enough available parts. They were going to museums and borrowing parts for planes from museums to have our fighter planes take off. That's how bad he let, you know, um, the military get run down, Obama. And... You know, my father wants to build the greatest military that the earth has ever seen. He doesn't want to use it, but he wants to have the greatest military. So, you know, God forbid we ever did have to use it. Um, you know, it's not even a contest. And, you know, and then you look at all the other things. ISIS is gone. When he took office, there was 45,000 ISIS fighters, um, you know, approximately in the world. Now they say that there's less than a thousand. I mean, he took the handcuffs off the men and women in our military, the greatest men and women in the world, and let them do what they did best. And, you know, they took care of that problem. North Korea is handled. He's taken on the opioid crisis in this country, um, which destroys neighborhoods, destroys schools, destroys families. I mean, there's not a single one of us who hasn't been you know, affected in some way through either a friend or family member by, by that problem. And, um, you know, he's taken on the op- opioid crisis. He's taken on prison reform, something that, you know, mainstream media never wants to talk about. But, you know, our prison system hasn't been reformed in 100 years. It's a broken system um, that needs to do so much better. He's taking on education. Um, you know, he's taking on prescription drugs. The cost of prescription drugs in this country have gone through the roof, um, and it needs to be handled. He's taking on health care. I mean, Obamacare was one of the greatest lies um, ever told by a you know American president. Remember, you can keep your plan. You can keep your doctor. You're going to save $2,500. Well, you didn't get to keep your plan. You didn't get to keep your doctor, and you didn't save $25. In fact, it cost you over $2,500 more a year, and... And then remember, if if you couldn't afford to opt into the more expensive program that no one wanted, you had to pay the federal government a penalty at the end of the year. I mean, it was it's it's astronomical. I mean, it's it's just it was a travesty. So this country is rock and rolling again. We are winning. We are absolutely winning at everything we do. And 
you know, the Democrats are scared. Uh, they don't stand for anything right now. They stand for, you know, doubling people's taxes, um, which would mean putting our economy into, you know, a recession or maybe a depression. Uh, they want to attack law enforcement, and they want to resist, and they want to obstruct, um, and they want to do everything they possibly can to stand my father's way. And um, that's why people have to get out, and they have to vote Republican. Um, if Nancy Pelosi... Um, is in there, if Chuck Schumer is in there, you're going to have two years of anarchy. Um, you know, you will have just two years of obstruction and resistance. My father needs Republicans who will work alongside of him to get, um, you know, many, many more things accomplished because this country's best years are, are still ahead of us. There's no question about it. And my father's accomplished more in the last two years than, you know, two administrations before him. I mean, imagine the possibilities in the next two years and over the next six years. Um, you know, it's endless for America. We are the greatest country in the world. We will never, ever, ever stop winning. Um, we are going to be number one at everything we do. Um, but people cannot be complacent. They have to go out there and they have to vote for the Republicans tomorrow. And um, if we if we do, if they do, um, if we all do, we're going to have an unbelievable victory. And if people are complacent, um, we won't. So... These races are, are very tight. You have to go out and vote. It's super easy to do. Uh, go to votegop.com. Just, I'm sorry, just vote.gop. Um, they'll tell you exactly where your polling location is, tell you everything you need to know. It's a super easy process. Get out there and vote tomorrow, and uh, let's keep making America great. People can also text VOTE to 88022, and you'll get also your polling location as well. Um, something that we talk about as a campaign, or I always talk about, Jobs versus mobs and results versus resistance. Um, the reality is when we were out campaigning in 2016, we were campaigning because we knew your dad was going to be a great president. But now he has results. He has actual stats to back up what a great job he's doing. Just talk a little bit about results versus resistance because that really does mean something. All we've seen the other side do is resist, but your dad is delivering results for the American people. And that means a lot. Yeah, listen, there's no, there's no question about it. I mean, you see the resistance movement, and, hey, you and I have been on the receiving end of, uh, of, of quite a bit of it, right, whether it's, uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, we could go through example after example, but, you know, people don't want to see people, you know, banging on the, the doors of, of the Supreme Court. People don't want to see people's cars getting, you know, torched by, you know, because they have an American flag on their window. I mean, that's not who we are um, as a country. Um, it's not the civility that we you know, we all expect. And, you know, that's where my father came up with kind of jobs versus mobs. I mean, you heard Eric Holder a couple of weeks ago saying, you know, when Republicans start down, you run up to them as fast as you can and you kick them in the face. And, you know, you heard Hillary Clinton saying, you know, the only time we're ever going to be civil is, is, is you know, when we win. Uh, until then, um, there's no room for civility. Um, and there needs to be. Um, there, there absolutely needs to be. And, listen, my father is a, uh, a businessman. Um, you know, I probably know him better than anybody in the world. He's a uh, He's an unbelievable businessman who who works on quantifiable uh, metrics. Um, many of them we just discussed, right? I mean, what are we going to do to get the economy humming and, and booming? Well, it's simple. We need to cut taxes because we are the most heavily taxed country in the world, or we were uh, before these massive tax you know decreases. And we need to cut regulations because you know the the burdensome regulations don't allow us to be competitive with the rest of the world and we need to make sure that other countries aren't ripping us off by imposing massive tariffs and all of a sudden my father does that he talks, cuts taxes he massively massively cuts regulations 
and American factories, you know, start, you know, turning their lights back on, you know, companies start coming back to the United States, you know, um, companies start profiting again, which means that they can hire more workers, they can pay workers more money, they can reinvest in, you know, the companies, they can make better widgets, they can, um, you know, make better products. Um, and all of a sudden, America becomes one of the hottest, you know, countries in the world to produce in. And we can produce better than anybody in the world. We have the best workforce in the entire world. There's no question about it. But when our politicians enact in a stupid policy um, that puts our companies out of business, they overregulate them. I mean, I've heard stories, and you've heard stories, everywhere we've gone around the country. It doesn't matter if it's Pennsylvania or Ohio or Wisconsin or, you know, Iowa or I mean, literally in every state, um, you know, you see these beautiful factories and they have, um, you know, they're boarded up, they have plywood on them. They, they were once beautiful buildings, you can tell. And there's a chain link fence around the parking lot and the lights are turned off and the windows are boarded up. And, you know, they used to produce the most beautiful, beautiful products. And, um, you know, they want to get a permit to do something. They want to expand their building by two feet. And, you know, it took them six years to do. And they were stalled and they were, you know, they had massive resistance or they were overtaxed and, you know, so all of a sudden, you know, these companies, these great American companies employ tens of thousands of people when one foot south of the, you know, the southern border, they built the factories there, they employed people from that country, uh, and, you know, Americans lost because of it, and we lost that manufacturing. And, you know, a quote that I find, or a statistic I find so incredible is between 2001 and 2016, um, 2001 when Bill Clinton signed NAFTA, we lost 70,000 factories from the United States. 70,000 factories went overseas. We lost all of our manufacturing. And then you have Obama a couple years ago, you know, who said, you know, well, what kind of magic wand does Donald Trump have? He's not going to bring back manufacturing. I mean, it's gone. It's it's gone forever. It's just not who this country is anymore. It's gone. And, and my father had that magic wand. Um, he was a common sense person who knew that by reducing taxes, by reducing regulation, um, and going after countries that tried to rip us off, imposed massive, massive tariffs on our country, which you know, made American companies non-competitive. The manufacturing would come off, would come back because people want to be in the United States. They want to manufacture in the United States. They want to work in the United States. You know, America is the best place in the entire world, and he's 100 percent right. And now you see manufacturing jobs rushing back to U.S. soils and. You know, those buildings, the wood's coming off the windows and the chain link fences around the parking lots are coming down and, um, you know, the lights are being turned back on and, you know, these beautiful buildings are being reinvested in and they're employing a lot of Americans and, you know, that translates into, you know, amazing jobs and, you know, families being able to take trips to Disney World and, I mean, it's, you know, America's back to work. Under Obama, we had, you know, 10.5% unemployment at, at certain periods under Obama. Right now, we have 3.7% unemployment, um, and it's because America is competitive again. It's because you finally have a cheerleader in the White House fighting for this country, fighting for the people of this country, so many of whom were totally forgotten about by, by past politicians. Um, and that's why he won. That's why he's going to win again in 2020. Um, but we need it to continue, which is why we need to get people out to the polls. People have to get out to the polls tomorrow. Um, it is so critically, it is so critically important. It will all go back to what it was if you have Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, um, you know, running our government. Well, your dad has been all over the country as well. Uh, like the rest of us, he is working so hard to help these midterm candidates, Republicans all across the country win. Um, and he, 
I think has a great impact on, on what happens. Whenever he goes and puts on these rallies, uh, you and I were at the Houston rally together. I think that's the last one we went to. We had 100,000 people RSVP for that rally. Um, I always talk about the Trump bump, but how impactful do you think your dad is whenever he goes and visits states and, and towns and talks to people about the importance of voting in the midterms and why he needs these candidates to work alongside him in D.C.? Well, listen, I mean, the impact he has is amazing. When, when you and I walked out on stage um, in Houston, uh, that's something I'll probably never forget. Um, you know, 22,000 people in the audience, you know, um, 100,000, 106,000 total sign-ups. I mean, downtown Houston was literally closed down. That's how many people came to the Trump rally. And, you know, it's because you have an American fighting for America. Um, you know, you don't have a politician in there. You have, you know, you have a common-sense uh, business person, common sense American who wants the best for this this nation, and you know better than anybody. Um, he didn't need this job. He's the last person who needed this job. In fact, his life was exponentially better not being commander in chief. But you know, how many times do you and I see him? You know, reading a paper, you know, on you know on a plane or in the office where you know the United States gives 150 billion dollars to Iran, a country that hates our guts. You know, and he's shaking his head saying, "I can't believe it." I mean, what are people doing? What 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 are we doing? Or you know, our nation's uh, educational system is ranked 30th in the world. He's shaking his head. What are we doing? I mean, this isn't, you know, our, you know, nation's veterans are being mistreated by the VA or our military is totally depleted and our planes can't take off. And, I mean, it's it's why he did what he did. I mean, he did it to save this country. He didn't need this job. In fact, you know, it's it's the last thing he needed. And, again, as I said before, his life was exponentially better before. But, you know, then he goes out. He goes out to real America. He leaves, you know, kind of, you know, um, the, the government swamp in Washington, D.C. And you see this patriotism that exists out there where, you know, people are waving the American flag and they're wearing the Make America Great hats and they're hugging. And, I mean, it, it is it is unbelievable how patriotic, um, you know, these people are. They just want to see this country succeed. They love America. They love our nation. Uh, but they were forgotten about by politicians who had been in office for 30 years, um, who only care about having that you know, beautiful little marble office overlooking Pennsylvania Avenue. Uh, many of them aren't in it for the right reasons. Many of them totally forgot about so many of these voters. You know, so many of the states. You know, they're known as "quote unquote" flyover states to you know people in Washington D.C. because you know the politicians go back and forth to California, and New York, California, and New York, and. You know, so many people have gone left behind, and you know, under under my father, um, they're not left behind. They're the people who have the voice. Um, Americans have a voice again, not the politicians. And um, that energy is just—it's incredible out there. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. People want to see our nation succeed, and we are winning again. And he always joked on the campaign trail, you know, never ever get tired of winning. You know, and. We're winning right now. We're winning at everything we do. We're winning at the economy. We're winning with the military. We're winning with ISIS. We're winning with North Korea. We're winning as it pertains to taking care of law enforcement and protecting law enforcement. We're winning in terms of tax cuts and small business and business optimism and you know unemployment and stock markets and 401ks. I mean, 401ks are up 35% since Election Day. People can retire earlier because of what he's done. Um, we're going to win on the opioid crisis. We're going to win with prison reform. We're going to win, you know, with prescription drugs. He just passed, uh, you know, the best legislation ever to, to reduce the cost of prescription drugs. And we're going to win with health care. Um, but we're going to do that um, if people get out to the polls and if they vote. Because, again, if Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer get in there, it's just going to be resist and obstruct. Hey, Nancy Pelosi, you heard this with me the other night. You know, Nancy Pelosi's on CNN, and she's saying, 
You know, I'm just going to use subpoena power. I'm just going to subpoena everybody. I'm going to subpoena everybody who's a political adversary to me. I'm just going to subpoena and subpoena. And I'm sitting there saying, uh, why, why don't you just come up with great policies that would help America? You're more concerned about subpoenaing people than coming up with amazing policy that will help America succeed and be the number one country in the world at everything we do. Um, but that's their MO. You know, they want to resist. They want to obstruct. Um, you saw what they did with Kavanaugh. You heard the accuser yesterday. They came out yesterday and said that they just made it up because they wanted to try and derail the confirmation process. Um, it's sick what's happening, and that's why Americans have to get out. They have to vote Republican. They have to vote tomorrow. Everything is on the line. So for people that maybe just joined us, we are in the middle of our teletown hall. We are awaiting the president joining us moments away. Uh, I have my husband on the line, Eric Trump, with me right now. And I just want to close by, you know, people ask me this all the time, but you know your dad better than anyone. And people always want to know why why he resonates so well with everyday Americans. And I always think it's because he has such a common sense approach to, to everything. The things that were bothering all of us for so long, he finally stepped up and said, I'm going to take care of all these things. It's been driving the country crazy, and people don't understand why nothing's getting done. But why do you think that people have have really gotten behind your dad and, and, and love him the way they do and really have supported him from day one um, in, in this really this fight for our country? You know, maybe I'll take you outside of politics for a second. And, you know, I remember growing up, we'd walk, you know, I'd walk construction sites with my father. We'd be all over the place. And, you know, and, and, and even when we worked together for, the, you know, 10, 12 years, so we, you know, we worked together in the Trump Organization. But, you know, we'd be walking construction site, and he would always go. He would never go to the boss of, of, of one of the construction, you know, if he's walking a site. He would always go to the foreman. He would always go to, to one of the laborers, one of the workers, you know, the, the people who were actually doing the work. And, you know, how are we doing? You know, are we on time? Are we... Um, you know, are we under budget? You know, uh, what, what problems are you seeing? Are you seeing any problems? How's everything going? And he would always, he would always get their take. Um, you know, not the boss's take. You know, the, the boss's takes were, were always, yes, we're wonderful. Everything's perfect. He would always go directly to the people, meaning the people actually doing the job. And, you know, that, that was obviously a long time ago when he was in private industry. And it, it seems like he's doing the exact same thing now in, in government. He's going to the people. He's going to the people of uh, the U.S. and people, People have been forgotten about, as I said before. I mean, you know, their jobs had disappeared. Their manufacturing plants had closed down. Their industries were being attacked, steel industry, coal industry. Um, you know, if you were in the energy industry, you couldn't put a pipeline in the ground. You couldn't drill. You know, so, you know, we are losing our energy industry in this country, something that we do better than any country um, in the world by far. Um, you know, I mean, you know, people had just, they had lost their voice in this country, and he went directly to the people of this country, and it's kind of a great parallel to the way I always saw him work in, in private industry. He always went to the people actually doing the job at hand, and um, he's doing the same thing again, and, you know, so many people called him, you know, the, the, the blue-collar billionaire. Um, he was always incredibly relatable, and, you know, he's a guy who's got the, the greatest sense of humor in the world. He's got the biggest heart. He would give his shirt off his back for, for anybody. Um, you know that as well as as I do, he's always there, you know, to help. Um, but he's also a fighter, um, and America hasn't had a fighter for a very, very long time. Uh, you need somebody with incredible compassion and love and heart, um, but you also need somebody fighting for this nation because you better believe that, you know, um, the president of China and the president of all these other countries around the world, you better believe that those people are fighting viciously for their countries. Uh, we have the best fighter in the world um, in the White House right now. Um, but again, without the House, without the Senate, he can't fight. 
um, or he can fight, but you know it, it's it's a lot harder for him to get his um, you know many things accomplished. Um, they'll make us more competitive. They'll you know keep us the number one superpower in the world, which America always um, will be and needs to be. Um, you know, and so um, you know again, it's why it's why people have to get out um, and vote. People have to vote um, tomorrow. Our country is at stake. Make no mistake about it. And. You know, honey, I'll just end with this. Um, you know, I hear from people all the time. You've heard this a million times. Well, you know, my guy's not on the ballot. My guy's Trump. Um, I love Trump. I love everything Trump's doing. But, you know, uh, Trump's not on the ballot, so I'm not going to vote. And I, you know, whenever I hear that, I literally cringe. You know, make no mistake about it. He is on the ballot because without Republicans uh, in the House and without Republicans in the Senate, um, it makes his life so much tougher. It, it makes it so much harder to be. Um, as incredibly as effective as he's been in the last 24 months. He's accomplished more in the last 24 months than the past two administrations had combined by a lot. It's not even close. Uh, he's accomplished more in the last 24 months than uh, probably any president in history um, in terms of what he's accomplished, and we have to keep it going. All right. Well, Eric, honey, thank you very much. I will be campaigning in Florida today, but I will see you tonight. So thank you for speaking to the American people and uh, telling them why this is so, so important. Thanks for doing this. All right, everybody. Our final featured guest before we are joined by President Trump live from the White House is the campaign manager of the Trump 2020 campaign, Brad Parscale. Brad, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Laura. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. So, Brad, talk so to me a little bit about how you've seen the president go all in for Republicans in these midterm elections. You know them as well as we all do. Yeah, well, first of all, um, it's unbelievably to be stuck between uh, the President of the United States and Eric Trump for, uh, <laughs> for all the voters. So it's always a privilege um, and a humbling experience. But uh, look, I mean, this president has done more than any president in midterms ever by announcing his campaign early, by spending, you know, over $20 million in rallies and TV commercials and doing things. This president is all in. Past presidents barely raised a couple million dollars, would hit a couple of rallies, and a lot of times just let their party fail um, in the midterms. And this president's all in. He, he understands this whole fight has always been about winning um, and keeping the House and growing the lead in the Senate and doing everything he can to get his agenda done. And it wasn't just about his political power or playing robotic president. It's about actually changing this country. And that's what it's been since day one, and that's what it continues to be. And this president just, he's going to be tireless. He's going he's to keep working every single day to, to change things. And um, it's an unbelievable um, how much work he puts in. I mean, uh, I, I tell this all the time it's in rallies and other places. He, he, he or, can just keep going. He is the energizer bunny of that way. And um, I think he's gonna, you're going to see the results tonight or tomorrow um, uh, on Election Day. But that's why everybody has got to get out and vote in these midterms. Now, you have spoken at some Trump rallies. How much of an impact do you think the rallies have been uh, for these midterms? Because he really has been all over the country. He's doing two-a-days. He's, he's everywhere trying to get people involved and remind people why these are so important. How big of a, an impact do you think that those have been? I think the rallies since day one have always been the thing that has created um, – Kind of this environment that, that it's allowed the president to really change the country and the agenda, and, and it's changed the party to the party of Trump. Um, it's built the army of Trump, as I call it, which is the people listening on this phone call right now, the the 
the millions of supporters across this country um, that were activated, that understood they needed to get involved again in the political process. For years, so many people had checked out across this country and, and thought that their vote didn't matter anymore, and, and, a, and a smaller fraction of people were, were deciding that, and a, millions of people's voice were lost. Um, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, and I just see people, everyday people, just said it didn't matter anymore. And uh, this president, by having rallies and traveling state to state and city to city and, and energized them again, gave them a, a, a new hope to, to really make a difference and to, to be heard again. And I think these rallies are a place where we can connect with them. Um, it's a good place where we get data points so we can continue to communicate with them. And you said earlier, you know, texting Trump to 88022 or vote today to 88022 to find your voting place. But after that, that's a way we can also connect with you. You know, the cell phones and, and being able to engage our, the army of Trump is what this movement's about. And the president said, look, this isn't about him. It's about all of, all of you. And uh, these rallies allow us to do that. And I think they've, um, and his ability to get up there um, and orate in a way that, that engages these people is going to be one of the things that people remember. And it's the one thing that's going to allow us continue for four more years after 2020 and to let us, you know, and probably have better results than anyone expects tomorrow night. And that's a great point, by the way. If people want to find out where they can vote tomorrow, they can text VOTE to 88022, and it'll give you your closest polling location and where you can go tomorrow to vote. Now, Brad, you ran the digital programs for the campaign in 2016. Um, talk about the enthusiasm among new Trump supporters in terms of registering online this year. That's something that I think we've seen a boost in, correct? Yes. I mean, the digital has always been a big part. I mean, the, the president um, obviously harnessed the power of Twitter um, to become a way to communicate with the world, um, understanding kind of the instant um, press release system of Twitter. Um, and I think that the digital operation will continue to be important. But I, But I also believe that Connecting directly with people, you know, their cell phones and email addresses are going to be significant. Um, and one of those big things um, is that, um, like the texting, like we said, Trump 88022. But there's so many different ways that we can now do that. When I think, I think we're now up to almost 40 million people directly, or 20 million people directly connected, with a goal of 40 million people directly connected. That'll be more than anyone in history. This president is so engaging. He's so fighting for everybody. People are saying, hey, here's my information. Here's my email address. Here's my cell phone number. And we might have two-thirds um, or more of the people who would vote for him in 2020 already connected by direct contact. And I think that's going to see effect this year. I think you see the Republican Party be able to raise small dollars like never before. This president is engaging them. That's a digital operation. It's about communicating directly to them, going around the fake news media, um, you know, and make sure that we talk directly to the people. Um, and I think that the, the digital efforts let that happen. And by the way, ta speaking of uh, going directly to the people, we have a couple of campaign ads out uh, that we've put out for the midterms this year, which is unusual for a, a presidential campaign to do ads during the midterms like we have. But they're they're a little different than traditional ads. Tell me tell me about them and explain them to the people that are on the line right now. Yeah, thanks for asking that, Laura. But the, there's we had two main ads. Um, but we, we really had a, a, a large-scale digital effort for, for our candidate not being on the ballot. But the president, again, wanted to make sure that he did, gave everything his support that he could. Um, we had a multimillion-dollar buy. Um, the first one was uh, a story of a, a mother um, that, you know, is, is driving along, and 
you know, looking at your married or daughter and has to make a choice on voting day. And that choice is a choice to, you know, obstruct or a choice to choose a better future for her daughter and one where economic viability and opportunity um, is there. And I think that the Republican Party um, is that party. It's that party of, of opportunity, um, not one of obstruction. Um, and I think that when you see the commercial, you can feel the emotion that mother has to, to, to choose. Um, and I, that, that ad ran nationally and is continuing to run. The second ad, um, which is the attacking caravan. Um, it has been unfortunate that um, the Democrats see our border as um, something we don't need to protect, that it's just porous and that we, we should just allow everyone in here. Um, their usage of, of undocumented people um, instead of, you know, the crimes that are being committed, um, the overwhelming um, effect that has on our economy and the people and opportunity, the, the stagnation of wages and other things that occurred. And I think that commercial really says if you want to stop this caravan, if you want to have borders, um, which the Democrats used to support but just don't now to support their far-left fundraising, um, uh, you clearly see that the ad says vote Republican to stop the caravan. I think this president wants to stop the caravan. And he's going to stop this caravan, and he has made it uh, one of his biggest goals of his presidency to make sure that we we finally have a border again, that we have um, a sovereign, you know, country. Yeah, and by the way, the emotional uh, ad that you were discussing—it's it, something that for me, I, I really relate to. I'm a mom. You're a father. Now, more so than ever, it's so important to me to know that our country is headed in the right direction, and. For many people listening on this call, we all think about our kids and the future for our kids and grandchildren one day and what kind of country we're leaving for them. And under President Donald Trump, we are going to leave them a much better country than the president found it. But he can only do it, Brad, if he has the support of Congress. So what is your final message to the great Trump supporters on our Teletown Hall meeting today? about the difference they can make by getting out to vote tomorrow and why it's so critically important. Well, I think, you know, it's probably the most important thing for this president is to this army of Trump, the, the, the people across the country and every house, every phone, every every place that we connect with them, uh, the computer, laptop, iPad, whatever it is, they, they have to get out and vote. They have to see that voting for a local Republican, um, voting for a, their house race, you know, um, uh, even state governorship races, anything um, to continue to keep Republicans in power um, helps this president accomplish the agenda. You know, so many people have said, you know, the, that we had full control of the Senate and the House. And look, a lot of votes took 60 votes, you know, from the Senate. And um, people would say that, you know, the president was getting things done, but he was getting more done with the power that was available to him than any president in history. And we accomplished more in two years than than any president has before. And I think that we have to continue. We could win multiple Senate races tomorrow that could help do that. If we, and if we hold the House, which I think we can, you know, this president will be in a better position for two more years of just great successes. But that doesn't happen if the people on this call, you know, don't pick up their phone, call 10 Republican friends and say, hey, go vote. Um, you know, 100,000 people, 100, 200,000 people on this phone call, call 10 people. You know, you're talking about significant numbers. Um, it doesn't take a considerable amount of uh, votes in each one of these races to make a big difference. And I think this president could use that um, help from everyone. Uh, people think their vote doesn't matter or, or the people they could call it matter, but it does. Um, this country um, could use the benefit so much. 
Every every single vote counts. That is a great point. Brad, thank you for joining us so much, and uh, and thank you for all that you are doing to support our president. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for everything you do as well. Couldn't do without you. <laughs> and thank you to everyone on the call for your patience. It is now my distinct pleasure and high honor to introduce to you my father-in-law, the 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Mr. President, welcome to our Teletown Hall meeting. We have the President. Hello. How are you? Hi. Our Hi, audience Laura. represents supporters in critical districts and states around the country who we need to get out and vote tomorrow. So I know you have a great message for them, and thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you very much, and if you'd like, I will begin. Absolutely. Take it away. Okay. Thank you very much, and thank you to everybody. It's a great honor to be with you, and we've worked very hard. We're turning the country around rapidly, far more rapidly than anyone thought possible. We just had probably the best economic numbers when you add it all up that we've had uh, in many years, and we may have the finest economy that we've ever had as a country. You see that, uh, 250,000 jobs last month, and that's despite a couple of very, very bad hurricanes. So we uh, have numbers that are not numbers that anybody has seen, and uh, they're only going to get better. We have a tremendous opportunity to make things even better. Uh, we took over an economy that was heading in the wrong direction. It was a uh, the weakest recovery we've had since the Great Depression. It was a terrible, weak recovery, and it was starting to go down. Uh, we had GDP growth, as you know, of 4.2%, which was shocking to even the top optimists of the economic world, and it was shocking, but that's okay. We're going to have many months like that and better, many quarters like that and better. And uh, we are really heading in a direction that's very, very special. Uh, had our opponents won... The level of uh, negativity going on in the market, the level of consumer confidence, which would have been low, whereas we set a record just now for consumer confidence is the highest it's ever been. Manufacturing confidence is the highest it's ever been. But had our opponents won, instead of 4.2 up, we would have been 4.2 down and probably a lot more because that's where we were heading. We were heading into an abyss. We've accomplished so much on the economy, whether it's the massive tax cuts we've gotten or uh, all of the other things that we've done. And I tell you, the, the one element of surprise to a lot of people is how fast we've been able to get regulation cuts. And the regulation cuts are massive. And I think uh, long before the, the tax cuts kicked in, which were very important, the regulation cuts were already taking over, and our economy was beginning to sing. We have many companies coming into the United States right now. We have car companies coming into Michigan and Ohio and North Carolina, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Florida. They're coming in all over. They want to be where the action is. We've made the new uh, Mexico-Canada deal, as you know, the USMCA, which is a great deal for us, and it's going to be very difficult for companies to leave. That was one of the things that I insisted on getting. I didn't like when companies would leave, fire all their employees, Americans, fire them, make their cars someplace else, and send them in tax-free into our country. All we end up with is lack of taxes and unemployment. 
Uh, that's not going to happen under the new agreement. The new agreement is a very powerful agreement for the United States. I thought NAFTA, it wasn't like thinking. I know NAFTA was a horrible, horrible deal for us. It should have been ended a long time ago. But we ended NAFTA. We have a tremendous new deal with Canada. We have a tremendous new deal with Mexico. And we have a tremendous new deal with South Korea, which was another horrible trade deal that we terminated and redid. We're now winning the war with China. We are uh, in a uh, somewhat of a battle on trade. China has been really hurting the United States economically. They've taken out $500 billion over the last long time each year, uh, which is bigger than all of them. It's just about bigger than everybody else put together. So we're in a very big dispute with them right now, and we're winning. Uh, we've tariffed $250 billion, taxed them of their product coming into the United States, and we have plenty more to go, but they want to make a deal, and if we can make a right deal, a deal that's fair, we'll do that. Otherwise, we won't do it. We're doing very well the way we're going right now. The markets have been very good. They've been very strong. They uh, really, uh, uh, I'll tell you, the potential is tremendous, unless we don't do well in the election. I mean, the election tomorrow is very vital because it really is summing up what we've done. It's going to show confidence for what we've done. I've seen all of the uh, newspapers, many of them, saying it's a referendum on what we've done. So I don't know about that. I can tell you, though, that's the way they're going to play it. And if we don't have a good day, they will make it like uh, it, it's the end of the world. And don't worry, if we do have a good day, they won't give us any credit, but the economy will give us credit. And... Uh, people will give us credit, and health care will give us credit, because we're straightening out health care. It was a mess, Obamacare. We got rid of the individual mandate. We've done so much with health care, and uh, it's really shaping up good, and we are working and focused very much on health care, as everybody knows, for over the coming year and year and a half, two years. But it's very important tomorrow, because we have to get out we have to get the people to vote. You know, all of the things I've said, and far more, far more, uh, we're lowering prescription drug prices. We got right to try. You know what right to try is when somebody's very seriously ill or terminally ill, they have the right to use our medicines that are in the hopper that are looking good, and we can uh, do that. They've been trying to get that for decades. We got it approved. Uh, we got the uh, veterans uh, approved for choice where now they can go see a private doctor if they have to wait online long periods of time. And accountability also. We had There was no accountability if they weren't treating our veterans correctly. You couldn't fire the people. They had to stay. And it was a horrible situation. We had that approved. Those things, they've been trying to get them approved for decades. I got them all approved. But it's all fragile. We have to go out and we have to vote. And I know... The people that are on this line, and I hear there's a tremendous number of people, I know they've been supporters, and they've been in particular support of mine, but it's very important, even though I'm not on the ballot, in a certain way I am on the ballot, uh, it's very important to go out and vote, get your friends, get everybody, go out and vote, because tomorrow, whether we consider it or not, the press is very much considering a referendum on me and us as a movement. This is the greatest movement in the history of our country. I mean, I say it over and over again, and even the news media, which I oftentimes call fake because that's what it is, but even they never challenge me on it because it's true. It's the greatest political movement in the history of our country, and it's really 
coming out not only better, much faster. We would have never thought we would have been at this point with the economy so quickly. Steel companies are coming back after what I did to the dumping of steel by foreign nations. Steel companies are coming back. Aluminum companies are coming back. So much is coming back. And we have to win tomorrow. We have to have a good victory tomorrow. Those people, we need the senators approved. We need to have big success or at least good success in the House. It would certainly be helpful if we did. And we probably will do pretty well based on all of the numbers that we're looking at now because we're seeing an energy that people haven't seen since the last election in 16. We have an energy over the last couple of weeks that people have not seen in the Republican Party. And it's it feels very much like 16 because they love what we've done and they want to keep it going. So all of those senators that are running, I every single one of them, I know them, I like them. They're going to be great for us. And the same thing with the House. We have to get those people elected or reelected, and it's going to send a great signal. It's going to really send a great signal. So to all of the, the many, many hundreds of thousands of people on this line, whatever you can do to assure victory tomorrow, uh, get out and vote, get your family, get your friends, get everybody to get out and vote. So important. And today I'm going to be making three major speeches. I've made many over the last, you've been following it, I know, many over the last uh, month. And uh, that's how important it is today. I'm finishing it up with three. But I will uh, just appreciate, I, I really do anyway, to be honest with you, because I know I have friends on this line. But I really appreciate everything you've done and whatever you can do about tomorrow's election. Get out, make sure you vote, and make sure everyone you know votes, because we really need it. It's all fragile. Everything I told you about, it can be undone and changed by the Democrats if they get in. You see how they've behaved. You see what what's happening with them. They've really become radicalized. Whatever you can do, we would appreciate it. Thank you very much, and good luck tomorrow. Good luck to everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, this concludes the One Vote to Victory, our telephone town hall meeting. Please remember that you can make the difference in the midterms tomorrow. So get out and vote for the Republican and urge your family and friends to do the same. Um, time to make America great again. Thanks for everybody for joining. Bye. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. Thank my lucky stars to be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. From the Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee 
Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston And New York to L.A. Well, it's bright in every American heart And it's time we stand and say That I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA There ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA Please subscribe to the Detour Podcast Network on iTunes and don't forget to rate and review while you're there. You can also download the Stitcher and Podbean app to your device for free and search Detour Podcast Network and subscribe. You enjoy listening to the shows on the D2R Podcast Network and spread the word to everyone you know. Your word of mouth is our best advertising method and we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.